Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried War Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this week, we're going to continue on our journey of what we're calling our Intro to Wargaming series. We thought that we'd take some time out, and with the past couple episodes and this one, guide specifically new players into the wargaming hobby. Because, as we've talked about before, it could be kind of difficult, don't you think? Absolutely. It's a, it's a big beast to handle, to kind of get a grasp on what you like in the hobby, what you want to do in the hobby, what parts you want to get in, what games you want, what army you're going to play, and also, like, what books to read, what things do you want to, like, delve into and dedicate your time, and like, listening time or watching time or however you budget your own, like, free time into these worlds that it's so involved in. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly overwhelming to get into this hobby just because there's so much there. Unlike some other hobbies like a video game where you just kind of hit play and then it'll slowly ease you in. Uh, and Wargaming, it's all there waiting for you and you've got to figure out how to dig into it yourself. So just to do a quick episode recap, in case people are finding us for the first time, and we'll, we'll maybe want to go back and listen to some earlier episodes. Uh, on the first episode, we talked about the difference between specifically the Games Workshop games Age of Sigmar, and Warhammer 40,000. And whether Warhammer 40,000 or Age of Sigmar is right for you, and the pros and cons of both. And then we moved into a discussion, I was going to say a brief discussion, but I don't know if we ever do anything brief, but a... Yeah, I don't a, think that's really us. <laughs> that's not our shtick. Uh, if we wanted to be brief, we would have done YouTube videos rather than a podcast. Um, but we went into a non-brief discussion about the different types of forces and how they play in a war game at a high level. Then moved on to specifically what kind of factions we would recommend for those strategies in the different games. So episode three, we covered Age of Sigmar and well, how we would recommend getting into certain forces and what forces we'd recommend there. And then we did the exact same thing Episode four with forty with Warhammer forty thousand, but John, there was a whole. I mean, I know we say it at the intro, but there was a whole lot of math and numbers and very specific crunchy things in episodes three and four. So I don't know about you, but I'm kind of ready to get a little more casual because I don't know any other way to be. Yeah, well, I think we were touching a little bit too much on the uh, rules last thing, and you know. We're going to have some episodes where we talk heavily about rules. We talk about how to actually, you know, play this game. But I think you agree with me that you came for the rules, you stayed for the lore. Or maybe the other oh, way around. Oh, God. No, ab no, I came for cool models, and, like, the lore is what kept me here. For sure. Um, and that is what we kind of want to touch on this episode. Uh, at this point, we're assuming that you, as a listener either are getting into the hobby and maybe hopefully with our first episodes, you might've found a force that kind of interests you. Maybe you've actually gone out and bought some models or a rule book for an army to see if it works for you and whatever system that you've picked to be the game you play. But now that kind of leaves you at a, a crossroads with 3000 streets in front of you and 
I know, at least for me, it was very difficult to pick which one to go down. And by that I mean, you have an army, you want to play, but now you are met with this world that you're going to be playing in. And the story that surrounds not just your force, but the game as a whole. And that's that's a giant mountain that's hard to climb. I can tell you from experience. Um, I think, John, it might be a little fuzzier for you because you've been playing this game since, you know, you can get a Brontosaurus burger for a nickel. But, I mean, was it hard for you to get into this way back in the well, olden days when you first started getting edgy? I got into this game, surprisingly enough, not with Chaos originally, but I got into this game when I was much younger and so even back then, it was very difficult. It was actually harder back then to get into the lore, to get into the game, because there wasn't a lot of online databases of like information. There wasn't a lot of YouTube videos. There wasn't a lot of like stuff or podcasts like this one. So you had to either read the novels or read the rule books, and that was about it. But what I can say as someone who's been playing this game for over a decade at this point there's always more to learn and find out, not just because they're releasing new stuff, but because there's like little nuggets that are hidden all over like 40k and Age of Sigmar. Even though Age of Sigmar is a really recent game, um, a lot of this stuff relates to the old world. And you can sometimes find some from the old world that like is tangentially related to Age of Sigmar, which is super cool. Um, but that's complicated as the reason we're making this episode is because the lore is very complicated for this game. And yeah, good God, so much. Yeah. And it's, but it's so relatable too, um, in that you can find a little corner for yourself. Maybe you just like a specific chapter of space Marines. You don't really care about anything else. You can just focus on that. Maybe you specifically like the Imperial Guard. You can do the same with that. Maybe you just like Stormcast or you just like Nighthaunt. Um, and you can get into just those factions. But if you want to know about the whole thing, it's like an endless well of entertainment or conspiracy theories even. There's a lot unpacked there. The lore itself is its own hobby. It's its own thing to be following. Um, so if yeah, you're I mean, it's got its own like in the world. Yeah, it's got its own hyper-dedicated follower group. Yeah, like... There's people who are into this universe that don't even play the game because they just like the universe and that's enough for them. And if that's you, this is also for you. We're, we're here to help you enjoy this hobby and setting in any way that suits you. Uh, so yeah, which Joe, is why we thought go ahead and... this episode... Well, we thought that this episode, that to do to help to facilitate that discovery for you, that we would come up with our patented big brain Top three tips for winning at the lore. Spiky bits. <laughs> I mean, that probably should have been the title. But no, clickbait aside, uh, we are actually going to do a top three. Because uh, I think it's a great way to facilitate. Burned them. <laughs> I, I, I didn't burn them in any way. They ain't burned themselves. <laughs> Multiple times. Um, but I think three tips is, is digestible. It's easy to understand, and it's not super long. Although, that probably should have been our title rather than what we're actually picking, because it's way more clickable. But anyway, starting with number one, and I'll go first this time. Uh, and I think it's something you've already touched on. For me, at least, I think the key to learning about the lore for whatever game that you are trying to learn 
is to first get into the lore of your faction heavily. And then to use that knowledge that you gained off of whatever army that you've picked and really, really enjoy to understand the rest of the the lore as a whole. So, John, I'm going to use a metaphor. No, it's very out of character for me. I never wax poetically about anything. Um, but if the lore of these game systems is going to be put into a metaphor, I think it should be like a raging ocean. You know, something sort of like the deadliest catch kind of ocean. Not like Clearwater Beach. I mean the Bering Straits. A perfect and, storm, if you will. Ah, yes. Perfect. And there's just so much going on, and new stuff's getting added every day that's creating new waves, and you don't even quite understand the new stuff that's getting added. And then there's like, if you look down below your feet, there's like 8,000 feet underwater of old stuff that you don't understand. And all of it, it's really hard to find where to start, and you can't even tread water. However, if you use your faction's lore as a lifeline, you could have a little dinghy that you could hang on to in this raging storm. I know, it's a glorious metaphor. It will be examined by high school English classes for years to come. I mean, you also have a really good point there, in that the army books themselves have this really neat thing about them. A lot of them have little snippet stories, and I'm talking like less than a paragraph, a couple of sentences, uh, where they'll touch on a small event that happened somewhere in the timeline involving other factions or involving other parts oh, yeah. of the lore that allows you to see different parts on a small level without having to read a whole book uh, and kind of pick other things that you're interested in to continue and see what you like uh, while also learning about the thing that you're the most interested in aesthetically. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that all of us who listening and just like you and I and all the big hobbyists, we all have an army that we consider our favorite. That is sort of, you know, our banner army, the one that we will scream about from the rooftops because we think it is just the coolest and the most interesting. And that passion Maybe for different armies, but what's universal about it is that we want to read about our army more than we want to read about any others. That's, you know, it just, it is what it is by nature of liking something. And as you're getting into this hobby, I think if you can use that enthusiasm to try to, you know, forge a path through the narrative, you'll probably be fairly successful. Um, whatever faction you've picked out there to play or to build or to just learn about i guarantee you because of the nature of these games that at some point they have punched somebody about something and they got punched back by something else guarantee any any book you open up and start reading about there's going to be something like that going down and through that i mean think of what you've just learned up through it you've learned a your force's motivation and why they have that motivation because they're out there to do something. B, you learned about a second faction that they are fighting and specifically why they are fighting that second faction. And that's a brand new thing you've just added to your databanks. And then, you know, of course you kind of learn a little bit through who wins and who loses that fight for whatever reason. And then three, Whenever your faction in the lore gets attacked by said 
second faction who was their enemy, you just learned another faction and their rough motivations. And just learning about your force from whatever rule book you bought, you just opened up a couple of doors into the writer narrative as a whole. If you want to, and if it's interesting, you might go, hey, that faction we were fighting? What do they do? Maybe I should learn a little more about them. And that sort of branching path is, at least that's how I learned about the larger narrative as a whole, is starting with my army and just the different things that they came into conflict with and why. And through that, eventually, you kind of start to piece together the bigger picture as a whole. Absolutely. Like, it it allows you to kind of slowly piecemeal together what you want to learn. Because, like, you don't learn everything in this game overnight. You don't learn everything in these settings overnight. You have to slowly absorb it. And it builds up this sense of narrative and understanding. So you can get the memes on Reddit or, like talk to the other buddies in your gaming group about cool stuff you read in the book and share it with each other and it becomes a conversation piece which adds mm-hmm. to the social aspect of this hobby it's pretty, i can't tell you how many times me and joe will like outside of this podcast just talk about the lore and stuff happening in it every time there's a new release or even just new stuff we read hours oh god yeah a week definitely yeah, yeah it's non-stop um and i've learned a lot about the game that way like i and I would like to think that my gaming buds have also learned about the game through that. Because, you know, I learned my army's lore. And then I went to my buddies and went, hey, dude, listen to this stuff. And then vomited information at them. And they then did the same to me because they were getting into it. And they were excited about their faction. And I think just it's a great way to learn is to just start with your own interest and then branch out. And I think that that'll lead us to, uh, was it tip two, which was... Uh, well, your tip number one, I guess. Oh, my tip one number one's probably about the same as yours. I can't really suggest anything else besides get into your army book first, figure out what you like, what you don't like, see other factions, kind of get into it. But if Joe doesn't mind, I'm going to grab turn two. Go ahead. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. You can have it. Uh, you can have it. I'm taking it. I would just like to mention very quickly... <laughs> just briefly just briefly briefly my hand is up you can't see it because this is an audio format well done joe Joe. pro podcaster (laughs) i'm very good at this um i would just like to say that i think we had we just now talked about like the lore being in your army book also take your army name and go to google type in your army name and then put novel at the end of that hit search whatever pops up give that a read that, like, great way to learn lore. If your army has books about them, read one of them. You'll learn a ton in no time. Have a great time. Especially if it's by Aaron Dembski Bowden. I will absolutely shout his name to the heavens. He's an amazing author. <laughs> and again, John's love affair with ADB goes on. ADB. Much like this podcast. So, John, on to the second topic. <laughs> okay, so second topic. <laughs> Go to YouTube. There is a bunch of youtube personalities that discuss the lore they get excited oh, about god the lore. yes they give it in little yeah. 10 to 15 minute snippets or their hour-long dissertations on very hyper specific topics whichever fits your flavor listen to it in the background while you cook or you work or whatever you do uh 
And yes, I know we're a podcast suggesting that you listen to other people about some stuff. And I'm sure we'll touch on some of the stuff, but we don't really delve into specifics on here. And so we really want you to go out and reach out to the things that help you the most get what you want out of the hobby. But if listening to stuff isn't your forte, which would be weird because you're listening to a podcast, try the wiki because it has a very similar role in that aspect to read Mm -hmm. about it. However you read little snippets of information and it's very helpful for learning about little stuff you didn't know particularly from like older codexes or army books or weird offshoot campaign books that aren't in print anymore stuff like that uh it's how i've uncovered all sorts of weird information from obscure places from like the 90s it's great what about you joe uh well for me i prefer youtube so no surprise, podcaster likes an audio format better. But I find that for me, if I start to read a wiki, I get overwhelmed with information. And I will kind of lose my attention span and get a little bored the longer I read. However, I have a job that I can listen to things while I work. And that has been the greatest opportunity for me to learn lore as I am productive and get paid. Uh, it's fantastic. There is a thriving YouTube community of channels that will take little pieces of lore and put them into tiny sections, and then then put them on a platter for you to understand in 10 to 15 minutes. You know, they're short, they're sweet, they get right to the point, and you can look up any topic that you really want to know. And... I have found that to be incredible. And even better, it's all free. I mean, it's all just a YouTube search away. You don't have to go out and pay anything to get that information. Uh, and for me, it, it specifically, I find it's a great idea to do that while I am learning about my faction. Like, if my faction ends up fighting, I don't know, let's say that my faction ends up going to war with the maggot kin of Nurgle. Well, I know who my faction is, but what is those guys? Just YouTube. Maggot kin of Nurgle lore. And it's you, I guarantee you, video will pop up that will tell you everything that you need to know about the maggot kin of Nurgle in 10 to 15 minutes. No need to go read 400 pages of a novel or to go like trudging through a wiki. It's just right there. So for me, I think that's the way to go. And John, I know you're also a big like YouTubeaholic. So do you have any advice for getting into that that I haven't already said? Yeah, I think you touched on most of the the big hitters there. Um, but there's also some other stuff like fan fictiony kind of things on YouTube. Uh, so it's a little bit difficult to like notice the true lore from some things and stuff. Yeah, like that. gotta be careful. Generally, most of the fan fictiony things will say so in the title. More recently, that's a lot of that's kind of toned back. Um, Emperor's text to speech device is an entirely comic, like com- comedy about the lore, and they talk about the lore, but a very com like comedy sense and absolutely bastardize it. But it's great. There's other things on there. I prefer a lot of the like more documentary style, but there's even ones that kind of make like a. Uh, a story to tell you the lore with. So it's not just information dump. It's, hey, I'm going to do a little audio drama for you to teach you about this topic. Uh, That's become more popular recently, and those are also super fun. 
And yeah, that was going to be one of my recommendations. Was one of those. So cool. Yeah, like I think Bouldermont does one. Yeah, so I was going. I think we talked about it earlier. We were going to recommend a couple that we're like super into, and there are two that I cannot scream my praises about enough. Uh, the first one out there that I have been listening to for years is a channel called Two Plus Tough. Uh, he covers largely AOS content, but some 40k content as well. And Doug is a delightfully calming person who can take any topic and break it down into a 15-minute video that not only tells you about the lore itself, but also explains to you why it's cool. And Doug is like a supremely cool guy. And Doug, if you ever listen to this and you want to come on the show or you want to hang out and have us come to one of your uh, while you're reforgings, hit me up. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Doug. I, I want to meet Doug. He is such a great individual uh, just from watching his content. He's he's a great yeah. guy. And single-handedly got me way more interested in Age of Sigmar. Yeah, uh, and I think being able to watch his stuff for free is a great, great tool if you're getting into things. But if you're someone who's more podcast. on the 40... He does. Well, that's the Ryrie Forging. That's what... I did some research. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you did some research. How about that? Uh, I know, it's rare. Um, <laughs> but if you if y'all are listening to this and you're on the more on the 40K side, like John was just saying, there's a channel out there called Bouldermort's Guide to Warhammer. And I'll put both of these channels down in the description for the YouTube platform. Uh, audio people, apologies, you just have to YouTube it. But Baldermort's Guide to Warhammer, he does, like John was saying, a little audio drama for every topic that he talks about. So his lore video may be like 20, to, 20 minutes to an hour long, depending on how big of a topic he's covering. But it always begins with a very well-voiced and written intro that is in the world as if you're listening to an audiobook. To kind of show it to you in practice, in the lore, and then to start talking about it afterwards to fully explain it to you. And he's incredible. Um the fact that he's doing this high quality work for free boggles my mind. And if you have any questions about your own faction or anybody else's faction and 40k, I I mean Bouldermort's Guide to Warhammer is the first place I go to look it up. I I can't recommend it enough. Now, if you want to get into if you want to get into some more nebulous stuff like the warp or the emperor or technology or hive planets or just stuff like just just big stuff and not hyper specific to individuals in the 40k setting i highly suggest ludo 9 he has pretty long videos but they're really yeah. good uh, i've learned a they lot are, of stuff from him and he he like sifts through all the information on wikis and makes it more digestible he doesn't just read off the wikis yeah. he he compiles it into a very easy to listen to informational just thing on like say hive cities how do they work that like that's a you hear about them all the time in the lore but they don't really explain it except for in all these desperate places well, he combines it all into one so you can go to one place for it and it's great i love it uh he's got a whole multi-part series on warp yeah insane 
Uh, he and Luton's delivery is kind of like that of a college professor, like a high level course. So if you're into something that's very informative and very information dense, he's top notch at delivering that to you. And I will say everything I've learned from the wikis, I learned directly from Luton 09. So again, I feel like I owe him a beer somewhere. Yeah. And he, he makes just really good content. Uh, they're, Cannot suggest those three channels anymore. Uh, and of course, there's other things you'll see on YouTube too, of like battle reports and stuff if you want to get into the game. But we're talking about narrative. But for yeah. future reference, if there's anything you're kind of looking to do in the hobby, YouTube's a great resource. Yeah, just put it's it in and hit great. search. I mean, I learned how to paint entirely off of YouTube. I learned most of my lore off of YouTube. It's... And, like, modeling tricks on how to actually build these things. YouTube! It, it's a wonderful resource when you're getting into this hobby in general. And if you're ever stuck, it's it's worth searching whatever you're having trouble with. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And another cool thing about a lot of these YouTubers is once you watch some of their content, you'll start seeing some of their new stuff come out with the new releases that kind of explain the gravity behind some of these new things. And that's also super handy. Where they'll explain, okay, well... This new rulebook came out with this new, like, stuff going on. Why does that matter? And they explain why that matters, especially if you're newer and you don't have the context. It's very, very helpful so that you can understand why people on, like, Reddit or Facebook or whatever in these groups are losing their minds about whatever is happening when it, besides, you know, the when they lose their minds about rules. I mean, that's every time Games Workshop makes a post. But... Screaming crybabies aside, that's only two tips, John. I do believe we promised the people three tips. Uh, and no surprise, I think we're in agreement about this this third and final coveted tip. Yes, continue. Go on. Tell me more. I had to build anticipation before I gave you just the tip. That's terrible. Audiobooks. Let's continue. <laughs> I did. I just gave you the tip. So lastly, and this one's I give with an asterisk because it's not necessarily as free as YouTube. But if you want to learn lore without having to put in a ton of effort and you're willing to spend a little bit of money to buy audiobooks, Games Workshop has produced an array of incredibly well-voiced audiobooks that you could get on... Well, I use Audible, but you could get on Audible or that you could download an audio file from their website, Black Library, and you can play them on your phone, play them on your tablet, play them on your computer while you're painting, while you're building, while you're working, whatever you have to do, that you could listen to lore in a very, very quality format while you're going about your day and I have found that it has put a lot of the stuff that I learned from YouTube and reading like my own army books into perspective in a way that it is hard to do in short of, I'll call it short format narratives. You know, it is hard to really show you the perspective of, for example, an imperial citizen and what a battle is like for them when you only have a 10 or 15 minute YouTube video. Baltimore comes close to pulling it off. And I would argue he does in many cases. But there's something that an audiobook brings in terms of gravitas that is hard to match. 
Yeah, it really contextualizes all of these characters that you read about in these army books and you discuss and, and with your friends or you buy the models for and then build and paint and play with. You just dive into like a series or an individual novel about them and you really get to know the personality, how they respond in fights, how they respond to political machinations or whatever's going on in the setting and really helps understand who they are. Which is really useful, especially if you only read stuff online, because sometimes when you read about stuff online for a character, you don't get the full picture. There's a lot of memes about a lot of characters, there's a lot of memes about a lot of factions, but when you actually read the book about them, you realize most of these factions are pretty cool. And joking aside on the internet about how Tower Fish People and Ultramarines or Smurfs and Mary Sue's, they all have their interesting parts to it, and it allows you to feel pretty valid about the choice that you picked for an army and they all are given some time to shine with their uniqueness which is very helpful yeah well and i think one of the things you touched on that i find to be the most important is when i'm just reading like wikipedia entries or something that's cut and dry one of the things that is kind of lost in those that is that makes it harder for me to enjoy it is the character the the personalities and the people involved because it's kind of like you're just reading over you know the factual account of what occurred but it lacks the context the nuance the emotion and an audiobook could give you all of that every bit of it you know uh for example i play blood angels and while reading blood angel stuff that kept going on about you know the chapter master dante 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 None of that really means anything. Like, all of his accomplishments, I was kind of like, eh, okay, dude does stuff, cool. But there, it is different when you can listen to an audiobook and learn who he is as a leader and what makes his job so hard and why these victories were such big accomplishments for him and, you know, why he has lived as long as he has in person, like you're next to him, while everybody around him keeps dying. It's it's a totally different experience. And I find that, you know, sometimes I will, you know, read an army book or listen to a YouTube video and I'll kind of like, you know, you'll file it away in your knowledge brink to think about later. But then I'll listen to an audiobook that sort of tangentially has to do with that thing or has to do with the character involved there. And it will sometimes paint that scenario that I had just learned about in a YouTube video earlier in a different light. Because I now know the perspective of the characters involved. And that has really helped like keep me going as a hobbyist over the past couple of years. Rather than just, you know, throwing math at a board and seeing what happens. Absolutely. And it also helps you if you have like decision paralysis when it comes to picking an army like maybe pick a couple different novels to listen to to really decide if you like them or not uh like i had to do that with chaos space marines because mm -hmm. i was just into so many different chaos space marines and after reading betrayer by aaron nemsky bowden uh about the world leaders i was sold it's about the world leaders and the word bears and it's a fantastic novel where it explains lots about karn and angron and and why they're kind of messed up. And then it, like, it really introduced me to digging deeper into what happened with them and all that other stuff. And it really sold me on making World Eaters my main faction. Which is very helpful. Because there is sometimes, 
an inability to just pick what you want to play, pick what you want to build oh, and paint God, and spend yeah. your money on. There's so much cool stuff. You, How do you decide? Yeah, but if you listen to a book and it gets you super amped and just you go, yeah, I absolutely resonate with these characters. I resonate with who they are and I get it. It makes a way easier. Just pick who you want to play and you can then tell stories with that faction because you've read about how they do stuff, how they act, what they do. Name your dudes appropriately if you choose to. You know, make cool scenic boards retelling battles in the ba- in the books you read. The possibilities are endless when you start delving into the actual novels. Yeah, and again, sort of like I would liken it back to tip number one, you know. Sort of how when you read stuff just about your faction, it contextualizes it. When you listen to a novel about something going on in the universe as a whole, again, it contextualizes it through whatever perspective the author is putting you in. So it is a great way for you to get some first-hand experience, or as close to first-hand experience as you could get in a fantasy world, to some of the events that happen. And that is a... A, it's a great way for you to learn all of the greater lore, because it's like you're there. But B, it's a really fun way to learn the lore. And at least for me, that is the thing I want to try to impart the most. Is not necessarily the most efficient way to just use an eidetic memory to learn everything that ever occurred. But rather, to have fun slowly learning about these giant worlds that we play these games in. And I think audiobooks are sort of the the gilded doorway to let people in there. Yeah, I think that even like competitive players still care about the lore. Even, you know, the guys at the most, I should say most, there's always the people who are in it just to win. But there's there's a lot of people who play this game, competitive or casually, and the vast majority of them do it because they enjoy the lore. They enjoy the way the models look. They like the stories and the settings and what goes on. So it's very integral, and I think the most important part, as Joe was saying, is just find what is the most fun for you to ingest this stuff and just go to town. Like, you you will quickly find yourself addicted to it. Uh, I, I know I have. Like, I spend so much time at work listening to lore or audiobooks, and it just makes time go by faster, and it keeps me engaged with the hobby even when I can't buy stuff, even if I can't you know, find the time to paint. I can find the time to listen to stuff while I'm working. And it keeps me engaged with this thing when I normally might, you know, fall off some of that because of adult life stuff. I can't always be doing it, but it lets you stay engaged. And I think that's awesome. It's a great, great thing. Yeah. And I would say in particular right now, um, as we record this, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, of course, which has made, at least for John and I here in the, the good old US of A, not possible for what six months now almost yeah it's it's been Um, pretty bad so we haven't been able to physically take part in playing games together however through the lore we've still been able to engage with this hobby you know we've been able to listen to videos and like you said earlier talk back and forth with each other about what's happening and what do we think's gonna happen next who was right did magnus do something wrong like it's it is a wonderful gateway kind of keep you having fun even if you can't do anything else surrounding the hobby and i think right now in particular that's uh that could be an important thing for some folks so i say have at it i give it a whirl 
yeah, I think it's just it's it's incredibly important to your longevity in the game. Ultimately, if if you want to, and that's what this kind of hobby is. Let's be very clear about this. This is not a hobby you get into for a few months and then drop. This is a hobby you get into, you buy models, and you're still buying models years later when they release new stuff. You're still playing games later. It's it's like golfing or like being a car guy. You don't really stop. You just keep going. You just get yeah. When you're a car guy, you don't stop. You just get new project cars. Never ends. Yeah, it it's like and it comes in waves. I'm sure, but this helps you stay engaged with the thing that you care about, and it kind of helps never running out of stuff, which is really useful. And I think it's very important for people is to have stuff to they're kind of nonsensical to just be really into like tv shows and movies and stuff and this is a very good one uh i know i've been into it for a long time in a lot of ways if i could make it my full-time job to do stuff like this i would god wouldn't that be the dream absolutely Uh, drinking coffee and moving plastic men and rolling dice it'd be great uh Secret dreams. Well, I guess now public dreams. <laughs> public dreams. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah well. it's it's an incredibly enjoyable hobby, which is you know kind of what I want to ask about in this last little bit of time we have here, John. We've got a little bit of time left, so I think it'd be fun if you know we've gone on and on about why getting into the hobby is cool, but as we've said a million times this episode, I want to contextualize that. With our own personal experience. So, do you have a memory or a moment when you were, you know, a wee little lad first getting into uh, Warhammer lore in general? And, like, do you have any moment that stands out in your head as sort of an aha moment where things clicked? Yeah, so, absolutely. I The first time I ever saw anything with 40k was walking into a game store to buy Pokemon cards. And when I walked in the game store, I saw these boxes on the shelf of these, like, models. I think I saw Space Marines. I was like, those are neat. Those are cool. And I turned around, looked at the price tag, and went, I'm poor. Ha ha. No. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I left, and that was cool or whatever. And then I went home. And a couple of days later, I go to the library. And I grabbed a book off the shelf. And it was a old 40K novel on... Imperial Guard versus Tyranids, I remember. I do not remember the name of the, the, the book, but I distinctly remember it being Imperial Guard versus Tyranids. So I took it with me, rented it out, was reading it, liked it, and I could take it with me to school. Well, one of the kids I went to school with, well, he played Imperial Guard and played Tyranids. And so we started talking and interacting about it, and he showed me the Tyranid rule book that he kept with him in his bag because he read it at school. And I started looking at all the pictures and I saw like this artwork of this Carnifex going over this rhino and it was in the Tyranid book. I was like, that's so cool. And then I watched Starship Troopers and it all kind of clicked for me at the same time. I was like, oh, There's that it's so cool. Starship Troopers coming back again. Yes. So I went I went out and I, I think it was third edition. I went out and got the third edition Imperial Guard like army book and just read it front to cover. I was like, yes. I love Starship Troopers. <laughs> Didn't understand the subcontext of it as a kid, but love Starship Troopers. I think what you're looking for is subtext. <laughs> yes. Bad with words. I shouldn't be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> We're so pro. <laughs> uh but yeah, like I, I loved it. It was great. And I got super into it. And then from then on, it was 
just playing the Dawn of War games, reading about it online, getting into it. And though I didn't play the game as often, like I got some models, I painted some models, I kind of did it casually, played really small games for a long time until I started like working and got a job, started buying some stuff. And then I just kind of worked my way through playing all these different armies and reading about all of them and getting into it. And I'm doing a podcast about it. Like you, you start small and just kind of like getting used to a cold pool. There's another metaphor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Coming from I wasn't going to call it out, but I guess that's the thing we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, you just get into it and acclimate to the water and really enjoy it. Uh, and then, you know, next thing you know, there's other people in the pool with you and y'all are splashing water at each other. You're going, hey, my dude's so cool. Like, it's, it's great. <laughs> I mean, uh, but Joe. Yeah, that's essentially what we do here. Yeah. Joe, yours is a lot more recent. Uh, yeah. It was a few years ago, if I remember correctly. Tell me, how did you get into this lore-wise? Um, so, I kind of have a, I have a very different experience than John had. So, I grew up uh, here in Kentucky in a fairly small town, and my buds and I have always been into, like, nerd culture with D&D and video games and stuff. However, when we were younger, the internet was a much smaller place, so it was harder to sort of hear about Warhammer, so a lot of it kind of missed me. And we definitely didn't have anywhere in our town that sold it. So I had never seen it on a shelf. Uh, I had never sort of like heard other people at school talking about it. Like it was just a thing that did not exist in my world when we were younger. Uh, I don't think I really heard about Warhammer until I believe it was sometime in like early to mid high school uh, when my buddy Jake and I ended up finding a shop that just that was a game store that we happened to stumble upon. Uh, in Ohio and we went there and we gave it a try and they had a demo game for us that we played and we had a really cool time with it but the game itself you know like you said models were expensive and at that point we were in like late high school getting ready to go into college we were broke as a joke um, so we didn't really get into it however uh, college passed and we had a little bit of money and we thought, you know, maybe, maybe we'll give that their game a try again. Like, you know, it'd be a cool way for us to like get together and drink beers, uh, every, you know, every other weekend or something and push some models around. So I remember I said, all right, I will read a rule book and I will try it. And I picked up the lizard man. Well, I'm sorry. The now Seraphon rule book. It was one of the first books that ever came out in Age of Sigmar. And I sort of picked it up for the picture because, you know, as we said in third episode, laser dinosaurs. Hello? Dinosaurs. Like, you had me there. But what struck me, uh, I remember sitting in my living room and I got to, I got through like the backstory section of kind of like what the army roughly did in history. But then I got to a section of the book that specifically calls out every unit in the army, every unit, and tells you the story of every single unit in the book. And that was the moment that, like, the hobby clicked. Uh, 
this is a thing that I hadn't seen before outside of like D&D, where every character's, every person's character had a story and a purpose and motivation. And now here I am reading a book about these little tiny plastic pieces. And you're telling me that every single unit in this army has a story? Does that mean every single unit in every army book has like a background story of like what they do and how they do it and why? Holy crap. And my mind was blown. Like I tore through that book. I learned everything about it. I borrowed my buddy's rule books that they were sort of reading through and I read their stuff to get the lore for their little dudes. And it just, it spiraled. Um, and, the idea that every single piece exists in this world that is sort of solidified their purpose in it uh, was just, that was such a cool realization for me. And uh, I don't, if I hadn't had that aha moment, I don't know if I ever would have like started playing the game because that really was the catalyst for us to like buy some models and now become plastic crack addicts. Yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I say as I look at my pile of shame. Yeah. But uh yeah, I yeah. think that that's the moment I fell in love with Warhammer. That that exact spot in that book is where I fell in love with Warhammer. Uh and I'm glad they wrote it cuz there wouldn't have been no podcast without it and uh I probably wouldn't have had as many close friends as I have now thanks to Warhammer. So if it, yeah, I, so like I definitely think that that adds to wanting to continue collecting is that you can read like a page or a half a page about particularly why are these dudes special and not like other dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't. I had never seen a game system that was that deep before. But you know, here it was, uh, and now I love it. Uh, and uh, for people out there, I hope you guys have similar moments. You know, if you start digging through the lore using some of these tips or through any other way, I hope you guys have a, a similar moment where you pick up a book and at a certain spot, you get hooked or maybe a YouTube video does it or an audio book. Uh, and if you do have those sort of moments, I know we would love to hear about them. Uh, Absolutely. In the comments or on social media, please feel free drop them to us i would love to share and whatever that cool thing is that stuck for you i want to know what it is like i i want to be stuck with you because i think that's going to be that's the best part of this hobby is getting to share and other people's excitement because you know it sort of fuels our own and gives us the warm and fuzzies yeah i'm a huge fan of hearing why other people are also excited about this thing that i have it's a fixation about it's it's pretty great. It makes me, like, super amped. Yeah, I mean, it sort of validates my own fixation. Which, you know, anything that validates my spending is probably a good idea. Although my wallet would disagree. But, uh, <laughs> John, do you got any other hot tips to slip in under the radar? Because I think I've, I've about summed them up. No, I think that that's all the hot tips we got for this episode. I'm sure we'll touch more on the huge topic that is lore uh, in the future, but I think this is a good primer for getting some newer folks into the lore. Yeah, I think this is a uh, a great thing to use to get started. Maybe later on down the line, we'll have a, a another topic about how to keep up with the lore once you're already into it, but 
I feel like in this little series, helping new folks kind of get acclimated to the hobby, it'd be kind of it'd be putting the cart before the horse here. So, and maybe you guys can let us know below, like if there are any ideas of ways that you would like to hear us talk about the lore. Maybe we'll be able to do something about it. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, any requests or thoughts that you have, please, y'all, leave them down below or get them to us on social media. We'd be more than happy to hear them and more than happy to accommodate them if we can. Going down the line, but uh. I do believe that's all of our opinions. I've been Joe. And I've been John. And that's been us, Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll talk to you all next time. See ya.